Welcome to episode 13 of the Women Interrupted podcast, where every week we deconstruct the very many ways in which women's lives are interrupted in India and across the world. I am your host, Nilanjana. A World Bank study conducted in September 2019 had reported that 40% of the world's labor force constitutes women. Many of them experience a condition called dysmenorrhea or painful periods. Many suffer from back pain, diarrhea, fatigue, nausea, and vomiting when they are menstruating. In today's episode, we are going to take a look at the ongoing period leave debate that was renewed after food delivery company Zometo came up with a new policy to give its menstruating employees paid period leave. The company will now allow women and transgender people up to 10 days off per year in a bid to destigmatize the issue. But while the initiative was welcomed by several women, many also criticized it as being anti-feminist. Gender activist Kavita Krishnan joins me today to deconstruct the debate. So, um, Kavita, the period uh, debate is back in India again. And um, I'm uh, honestly, to be very honest with you, I'm pretty flummoxed, very confused and a little bit disappointed. Um, and um, I really wanted to, you know, understand it myself. And of course, you know, I cannot think of anyone better than you with your wealth of, you know, knowledge and experience. And, um, you know, so I wanted to talk to you about this and and. Um, why again are we opposing period leave? See, I think that the opposition that's coming is from two quarters. One is a an obviously sort of patriarchal quarter that says, oh, women have it too good and they are always looking for excuses to have it easy at the workplace and so on, right? So that quarter is, mm. you know, that's expected. They object to everything right. from women-specific laws to women-specific uh, criminal laws, labor laws, you name it, you know, to women's reserved seats on buses, you name it. But I think that right. the opposition that is actually troubling to you or to me is the opposition that come that is coming from a an avowedly liberal feminist vantage point. And that opposition right. is, to me, pretty um, predictable at one level, because basically liberal feminism and liberalism in general wants to assume that everyone is already equal, all right? And then says it treats... Right. It, so it understands equality at the cost of equity. So the idea that I cannot treat two persons who are socially or economically, um, you know, not on par with each other, I cannot ignore, I cannot just treat them as equal. Their being equal in my head does does not make them equal on the ground. And the fact that they are subjected to, you know, somebody who is Dalit, somebody who is OBC, somebody who is a woman, um, these may be subjected to different kinds of, discrimination and different kinds of differential treatment, which our policies then need to correct. This is something which liberalism often fails to understand. Historically, it has failed to understand that. 
and right. in the case of period leave i think it's not even a question of discrimination it's a question of you know very simply the fact that who is your uh, who are you assuming to be your normal worker you know what is what is the worker's body as you imagine it uh, to be the norm right and the idea is right. why should the man's body the cis het man's body be the norm why can't a menstruating body be it the body of a woman or of a trans person why can't that be the norm in fact uh, all over the world a very uh, probably the majority of workers especially in um you know vulnerable kinds of jobs in precarious kinds of jobs they tend to be women they tend to be people of color they tend to be trans persons they tend to be disabled persons so my point is that we should start yeah. reimagining the body of the worker and you know the 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 personhood of the worker we should be able to it's it's let me give you a an analogy you know that uh, suppose you know, mm-hmm. it it has become pretty normal now to start demanding it has become expected to start demanding that every place be accessible to disabled persons right of course we are failing badly right. on those counts but the idea is that now it's growing more and more you know more and more there is a, uh, a growing acceptance of the idea that you can't just call meetings in places where uh, people in a wheelchair cannot access it digni- in a dignified way you know where they may have to be right. you know have, where they may have to crawl to the place Hmm. or be carried to the place hmm. or whatever right so uh, the point is that hmm. you are demanding that those spaces change when you have ramps for disabled persons you are basically saying that hmm. i am accepting that your body as it is differently abled as it hmm. is is something that is equally deserving of dignity and for that i will have to change the architecture of my of the place where i am um uh, you know my workplace or my you know place where i'm holding some gathering or meeting mm. or whatever mm-hmm. it is in order to ensure that mm-hmm. you are able mm-hmm. to access that place with full dignity right it's exactly the same thing when it right. comes to period leave but mm. unfortunately i think mm-hmm. the disappointment is with the fact i'm not so surprised that liberal uh, people who are liberal feminists and i use this as a descriptive term not as a pejorative term hmm. i say that i think liberal mm-hmm. i i'm not surprised at the initial response of liberal feminists what disappoints mm-hmm. me is the refusal to engage then with detailed right. um responses and critiques of their position that have been offered you know uh, then you if you're going to continue mm-hmm. to keep to one thin layer of a tweet that dismisses the whole right. issue and says oh you know this this kind Absolutely. of things are useless why aren't you even trying mm, to mm. respond to longer articles that are being written by uh, persons who mm. have bothered to study the issue bothered to engage you know if if you know, if they were to engage you know point for point argument for argument with what we are trying to say we who are on the left or we who are you know feminists who are um you know talking from a vantage point of equity rather than equality uh, alone mm-hmm. if they uh, if mm. they were to do if they were to engage i think we'd be less disappointed i think that is the real issue at least the way i feel right now 
right uh, because that's that's something i felt as well that there was no engagement it was um it was like you know making a statement and then just you know like refusing to you know um see uh, both points of it but you know it's very interesting um kavita that you you know you're we're talking about you know uh, the rights of the disabled and um at a certain level i feel that this is a kind of you know um ableism as well um to say that i could do it so why can't you i mean you know i i grew up uh, in a family you know like the sister and i have always managed my periods very well i have i don't think i have ever you know taken a day off you know uh, for that but you know my sister um i have seen her even now she literally lashes around in pain and while you know like that is you know like not the issue here like you know uh, people manage their pain differently and um so so the point i'm trying to make here is that so just because you know i don't need you know i feel that i don't need a period leave that doesn't mean that i will force it on her as well who so obviously needs it you know to rest and recuperate and a lot of other women you know also need to rest and recuperate whether you know like they have debil- debilitating pain or not you know it should be a a choice so exactly. i feel like you know exactly. at a at a certain point it's it's ableism you know it's like oh you know i i went to the went on the ground i i climbed the mountain i went and you know, like fought a war so why can't you do it the point is that bodies are different uh yes and i would also add however that you know i can imagine the liberal uh, feminist voice here retorting that you are comparing women now to disabled persons and so you know you're trying to say that to be a woman is to be disabled to have periods is to be disabled and that is you mm. know um, a bad thing but i want to mm. say that when i use the word disabled mm. the idea is not to say that somebody who is disabled is lesser than the Absolutely. idea is to say that their bodies are designed differently and Absolutely. you have to you cannot ask their design to continuously have to fit into the design of the more privileged amongst us rather it is for our workspaces to dis- redesign themselves so that the most diverse kinds of people no matter what their physical uh, you know uh, makeup be should be able to access this these workspaces uh, with with dignity and that, and when i say dignity here i think my issue again is not about women again having to prove that they are in pain in order to avail yeah. of this leave okay Absolutely. because sick leave means that you're going to have to go to a doctor get the doctor to yeah. say yes this woman is in pain and okay she's in pain because she has endometriosis uh, or whatever it is and therefore you know there is this 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 and so she has to access it the point is that um, no i mean my discomfort may vary my willingness to i may want to avail of period leave um 10 months out of 12 but mm. on the couple of months when i feel that no i really want to in spite of everything go and do something a piece of reporting or a particularly challenging engagement or a particularly challenging conference that i don't want to miss whatever it is i may not avail of it right but the point is that right. that is for me and my body to decide mm-hmm. that is my privacy i should not mm. have to prove that i am thrashing about in pain in order for uh, for for you to validate my right to leave right right my right. right to be there and i think the correct analogy here is also that of you know that of sleep okay 
there are many of us i mean i myself in the work that i do hmm. uh, it's not a paid work it's not a paid job and so there's hmm. no one to give me leave or you know not give me leave but the point <clears throat> is that um, much of my work is such that i may uh, i may be working late into the night i may uh, lose out on sleep i hmm. may be sleeping only a few hours a night right, right. Hmm. does that mean that i can say that since i'm able to work on 3 hours of sleep a night or you know lenin worked on 2 and a half hours of sleep yeah. a night so why isn't everyone able to work on that much sleep a night the point is that the same person who works on you know 3 four hours of sleep a night for several days in the month is the one also arguing for everybody's right to have eight full hours of sleep right right because you right. have a right to it i whether i mm. if i dis, if i want to give up that that right for whatever for mm. whatever larger cause for the cause of my career for the cause of a larger cause that's my that's my decision right mm. but the point mm. is that i should uh, that my right should not depend on that my right to sleep is a human need men need to sleep women need to sleep sleep trans persons need to sleep everyone needs that needs to sleep mm. right and uh, imagine i mean we need to learn from history uh, what i find again with a lot of liberal commentators uh, whom i'm disappointed with um, mm. and i don't only those who are feminists but even those who are casually anti feminist you know take prubrati right. somebody who mm. able to happily say oh feminists you know why are they calling their movement feminism mm. so you feel like say you know maybe before making these comments maybe you should actually be doing a little bit of engagement and homework maybe you should be mm. visit mm. history to see what exactly. were the debate demanded and people okay these were most men at that time smarting 8 mm-hmm. hours of sleep at that mm. time they were told oh productivity will go to the dogs and we can't mm. you know capitalism will collapse if you allow people mm. the right to sleep if you allow mm. people a weekend tab to capitalism will completely collapse and um, you know then then uh, we will not be able people will lose jobs we won't employ people who are demanding uh, weekends and demanding sleep and all of this right or we've been through all these debates ad infinitum and now right. we are again you know so why, why yeah. are we reinventing the wheel why can't we learn a little bit from the history mm. of right uh, the debates that have led to the laws that we today till today used to take for granted can no longer take for granted anymore because hmm. now those hmm. labor laws are being attacked again <clears throat> hmm hmm and um, also kavita one uh, one thing that really you know uh, bothers me you know in this whole debate is that um and and this debate you know actually uh, takes very many forms you know today it's we are talking about period leave tomorrow it will be something else yesterday it was something else and what bothers me is the fact that you know in a in a country where inequalities are so stark you know like women's access to everything you know economic opportunities education is 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 very random like you know there is no it's 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 not regularized it's it's not something that you can promise um in in a situation like that to pit you know a uh, women against each other in a best woman win scenario it it feels to me like a self goal that's exactly the problem right this is something i wrote about in my book uh, fearless freedom 
where I discuss this idea, you know, where basically in a whole range of, um, you know, the way in which capitalism defines women's empowerment now, uh, you are continuously needed to compete with other women and get ahead mm. of the other women. Okay. Mm. So the idea is, and this, this ranges from the CEOs who say, okay, you have to break the glass ceiling. And as a friend of mine who co-authored this feminist manifesto for the 99%, uh, Diti Bhattacharya, she commented, uh, I mean, she um, that book, that manifesto of hers comments that, well, uh, we don't want to be breaking the glass ceiling and leaving other women to clean up the shards of yeah. glass. Okay. Right. So yeah. I think, uh, but the other example which I give in my book is that of self-help groups, where in the name of mm -hmm. self-help, um, the, the notion of the feminist collective is actually being distorted and turned on its head. So uh, to look at it, it looks like it's a group, right? The way feminist mm. groups are, the way people can help each other and all of that. But instead of being there to help each other, the very nature of a self-help group and a microfinance credit uh, works on the assumption that each of those women should be weaponized against the other women. They should pressurize and shame the other women into repaying their loans, their debts, no matter what is happening in their lives. So the idea of empathy and solidarity is supposed to be thrown out of the window and you are supposed to be only in competition and your wins are supposed to be in competition over other women and other human beings. Whereas I would say, you know, why? Why should it all be uh, framed as a competition? Why can't we have empathy for the idea that um, women are, you know, uh, just to just to quote uh, one of the tweets that uh, the journalist uh, Barkhadat uh, said, she said that, you know, women don't need this kind of nonsense protective hmm. fear like people believe, and women are hmm. better than that. My point hmm. is that you are then saying that women who say we want people believe are saying we are worse than that, right? Why yeah. are you, uh, why, why should we fall into this trap of pitting, uh, you know, women with different needs and different, uh, you know, uh, different uh, uh, bodies, dif not just women, but just people with different kinds of bodies. Why are we demanding that they have to pretend they are all the same and they all have the same needs or else they are worse than, okay. So, um, you know, what about maternity leave? What about maternity leave? Exactly. And it's not like this is a new question that is being asked, by the way. Remember that some mm. years ago, uh, you know, the uh, Indian Army, um, yes. it was an Indian Army chief who argued that, mm. look, we can't have women in combat roles because they'll get pregnant. Mm. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. um, Madhu Bhaduri, who was one of the earliest, you know, women IAS officers, um, she has told us, and she was, she was, in the, um, I think she was in the IFS, the Foreign Service, and she has talked about how she and other women used to have to, uh, ha had to get together to fight for their rights to uh, have a jo their jobs in spite of the uh, being married and getting pregnant, right? Because they would be told, right. oh, you're, you make, you are a bad choice to be employed because you may get pregnant, you know? It's as though getting pregnant then is, in, is a liability. So as a good employee, you're supposed to assure that you won't get pregnant. Whereas the mm. idea is that, you know, pregnancy doesn't mm. happen once, actually. Okay, uh, mm. the woman's body gets pregnant. But hello, you know, there is uh, somebody else involved in the process who is a male. And mm. um, you're not asking him whether he's going to get uh, have a baby. 
you are not asking him uh, when you give him the job whether uh, you know he is uh, his his wife is going to get pregnant or his partner is going to get pregnant or not right so it mm. is uh, this these are old debates that we are rehashing right. just use it to learn from you know yeah uh, which mm. i think is the you know the, the huge problem here and what sharanya gopinathan has written in her piece which uh, she's she's uh, the name of her piece is don't like the idea of period leave how about weekends do you like those so she's hmm. she's, re, she's retraced this whole history too and she's saying that uh, the point is you don't need to look at any one woman's experience to make the case for period leave so the point is that the point is not that people who get their periods are unable to work on their periods menstruating people may be able to work on their periods hmm. but the point is that we shouldn't have to work when you're having your periods Mm. and to quote her just like all employees aren't physically unable to work on sundays or past 5 pm without being paid overtime you know they are physically able to do it maybe they can do it but should they have to is the issue right yeah. likewise the issue for menstruating people for people who menstruate um uh, women and other people who menstruate that is the question why should you have to Oh, on a yeah. on a lighter note kavita i think um, you know when you ask um, you know this voices you know what about the weekends they're probably going to reply that yeah we work through the weekends as well and that's how you know that is a secret to our success so everyone should do that as well you know sacrifice their sleep their weekends their you know bodily uh, you know needs and yeah, then then i think yeah i agree with you but i think mm. then that the debate i mean i, I agree with you that that's going to be uh, one of the one of the responses mm. but that's exactly what i'm saying that then we are arguing not about period leave we are arguing then about something else so let's actually yes. talk about that we are yeah. talking then about right. what working conditions should be like and what work in the 21st century should look like where nowadays right. you know there was a struggle for the 8 hour day if you remember and the yes Right. 5 day week hmm. right hmm. 5 day week now in many for instance in some of the scandinavian countries which are some of the uh, you know social democratic countries in the world that are you know uh, you know particularly good when it comes to uh, welfare capitalism of some kinds hmm. well some of them have actually the demand is catching up there for four day weeks hmm. for more freedom to work uh you know from home if you if mm. the employee prefers it okay right uh, for more flexibility when it comes to work okay and uh, so what what are these are they just and they they are demanding these things for everyone you know mm. so clearly right. then the debate is not just about whether women should demand period leave or not or whether menstruating people should demand period leave or not right because mm. then you are right. talking about productivity and how that is understood and there again i would say that well uh, there are studies now that are showing that uh, even when it comes to productivity um workplaces that are more relaxed workplaces that actually allow uh, their employees uh, you know that 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 acknowledge the employees right to rest and recuperate uh, they actually have more productive employees their employees are more productive right okay which is right. why you're having you're having workplaces now saying that well 
you know, we don't mind if your pet comes to work, you know, we don't mm. mind if you bring your child to work, we <clears throat> don't mind if you mm. bring your, um, you know, we don't, we don't mind if you, uh, if you, if you want a degree of flexibility in how you work and all of that. And these things have helped productivity. They, they have not hampered productivity. Right. right, right, right. So I think that the issue is that when people say, oh, but we work weekends and all of that, the issue is that you may, as I said, you know, um, you know, I'm here, I am uh, working, I mean, I am forced to work weekends because domestic violence doesn't take a break on the weekends hmm. or rape doesn't take a break on the weekends yeah, or, absolutely. you know, uh, state, yeah. state, state mm. violence or mm. people getting arrested doesn't take a break in the mm. middle of the night, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, right. Uh, I mean, that is all right. But the point is, in an, in an ideal world, I don't want to have to do this. And I get my way around it by ensuring that then we share people in my line of work who are voluntary workers we make sure that we are there to help each other we make sure that not all of us have to lose sleep all the time we make sure that we are there to you know allow each other to have time to rest recuperate Mm. and so on right Mm -hmm. so uh well every every workplace should be able to do that it shouldn't be a case of cutthroat company right right and i think you are you are right for better work Absolutely. And better workers, you know, happy workers. Better workers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I think you, you are uh, you are absolutely right when you say this. And I also strongly believe that this this, um, you know, the the the, uh, the debate around period leave is actually a larger debate around how we work or how we should work and I think you know we are kind of you know also narrowing the debate a lot more because uh, by bringing you know like sort of you know like like you know just keeping it within the the the, the uh, uh, keeping it within the confirms of a gender debate but I think you know it is a larger debate about about workers and work yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's the other way around also. The way we are telling those who are dissing period leave, the way we are telling them, well, what, you know, remember weekends, remember, um, you know, uh, maternity leave, whatever. We also need to turn this around and tell those who are arguing for period leave, uh, well, I hope that you are also aware that uh, hard won labor laws. Um, you know, uh, for workers in general and women workers in particular are being dismantled even as we speak right. during a lockdown without consulting the workers. And right. so if you're passionate about period leave, I hope you're as passionate about all the other labor laws that are right. so hard won, right? Yeah. Also, you know, when you're talking about period leave, I think, you know, it is also pertinent to ask that uh, even, you know, like for the uh, pro voices that uh, do you also understand that you know we are all employers in our own capacities um, you know I might be working in a corporation but you know I also hire you know a domestic worker and that are you also yes. you know uh, aware that what you are you know like um, rooting for it applies to you as well to pass it on to you know the maybe the woman who works for you at your home Absolutely. And not only that, the fact that we should be doing it as a matter of course, that this should not be a favor one is doing anybody. Um, You know, uh, if you're able to understand that uh, workers would want leave on a holiday, you know, I think this could be, you could stretch this argument to cover a whole lot of things. Why should people get leave on holidays? Right. Why should people celebrate Diwali or Christmas or Eid or whatever it is? Okay. Right. Say no, 
none of that mm. should matter why should anybody mm. have any holidays at all mm. okay mm. the point is that yes they should right because they have because of they are they have a right to a full human life Absolutely. what are we working for we are working to earn a living yes but we are working to earn a living so that uh, you, we are forced to work to earn a living because in today's uh, world without earning that living we cannot live life right but yeah. primarily we are uh, living beings with a right to live a full life with fun in it with uh, with enjoyment in it with rest in it with introspection in it where we are able to do something other than the work that we are paid for you know we should we should right. have a right to do other things other than the stuff that right. we are paid for right, right. not only the person that we are at our at our workplace right we are not right. only that person right and uh, when it comes to productivity the other thing niranjana uh, which i just wanted to mention in case i uh, forget it is mm-hmm. the you know my for me it was eye opening to read um feminist anthropologist emily martin um, mm-hmm. you know whom i quoted in the article yes. in the scroll on uh, period lead so she right. has this wonderful book uh, written way back in 1987 called the woman in the body mm-hmm. the cultural An- analysis of reproduction and of course it's written um as my article is written and i acknowledge those weaknesses that i'm writing you know women women all the time i should acknowledge uh that yes it's not only women who have menstruating yeah. bodies right anybody who menstruates okay oh, yeah. the point yes. is what is interesting to me is that it's not you know she's not only arguing from whether menstruation is painful or not and whether it is a liability or not she's saying it depends uh if your work was organized differently it could actually not be a liability it could become an asset because uh, many women have reported feeling more thoughtful more creative more um you know more um, more contemplative during their premenstrual and menstrual period right so she's saying what is defined as a loss of ability concentrate could actually mean a greater ability to free associate you know? right so mm-hmm. rather than it's being decreased efficiency it's actually increased attention but to a smaller number of tasks right right and i say this you know let me let me also just widen this a little bit further to go beyond periods alone and beyond you know women or menstruating bodies alone i have been thinking recently because of uh, several close friends i have who are um, adhd okay so they are not mm-hmm. neurotypical right they are neurodiverse yeah we are all right. neurodiverse and these are mm-hmm. people whose neurodiversity doesn't fit into the kind of workplace which you know so they are like a square uh, which is being forced into a round hole right 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 so they're not you know they're not they're not yeah. they're neurodiverse but these right. are wonderfully creative people who yeah. if only their workplace were adjusted differently hmm. were able to appreciate what they bring to the workplace hmm. rather than seeing their neurodiversity as a as a as a as a lack right you know, as yeah. a yeah so diversity is not a lack whether it is physical diversity hmm. gender diversity neurodiversity you know what we feel during what we call premenstrual stress yeah. uh, could actually not it need not necessarily be stress if only the situation in which those symptoms manifested were different right right so uh, you know if if you if your anger was not seen as an exception if your anger was seen as valid no matter when you expressed it right okay. 
right then uh, you know your anger would not just be dism- dismissed as pmsing right right it would be seen as a blessing rather than an illness and right. your, your your sharper ability to see things more sharply more clearly during those periods of pre premenstrual periods and menstrual periods that could actually be an asset likewise right. neurodiversity is an asset it could well be an asset if only we were to you know uh budget for it in the way right. our work lives are organized period leave is not a new concept neither is the debate surrounding it The Economic Times newspaper had reported in 2017 that a government girls school in Tripunithura in Kerala in 1912 had allowed students to take period leave during annual examinations and had allowed them to write it later. Uh, according to a book Kerala in the 19th century uh, the head teacher of the school had approached higher authorities to grant this leave as he had argued that women teachers and students were normally absent during their periods since 1992 the bihar government too has allowed women employees to casual leaves as period leave globally many asian countries have provisions for period leave indonesia gives women 2 days menstrual leave per month philippines taiwan offers women 3 menstrual leaves a year south korea and some provinces in china have similar arrangements as well japan had the provision since 1947 A few years back the Indian Parliament had rejected Congress Lok Sabha MP from Arunachal Pradesh Ninong Erings private members menstruation benefit bill 2017 which had also proposed 2 days of leave Why was it rejected because female industry leaders and influencers had felt that such legislation would mean organizations won't hire women or justify lower pay and withhold promotions now when you oppose period leave what you're essentially saying is that don't reform the workplace play according to the established workplace rules that were made by and for men and let the best woman win by playing according to rules set by men The anti-period leave argument puts the onus on women to continue to work within the constraints of male-dominated workplaces. Women should make it work on their own terms, not by proving that they are superhumans. What do you think? If you want to join me to further deconstruct this debate, leave a comment or send me an email. You are listening to episode 13 of the Women Interrupted podcast. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast or on soundcloud.com. Do tune in next week. Till then, goodbye.